It's almost that time of year again, so come on down to Men's Scarehouse for Back to Ghoul Savings. I started Men's Scarehouse with one goal in mind. The worst looking clothing for the best prizes. Are you having a hard time getting a rise out of the target of your hauntings? The first step in a quality haunting is confidence in one's appearance. Or disappearance. If you're not happy with the look of your eternal raiments, then come to Men's Scarehouse. This weekend only, two moth-eaten overcoats for the price of one, 40% off all ethereal wedding dresses, and of course, everything is coated in spider webs. A fully formed, free-floating, vaporous apparition should inspire terror on sight before a single mournful moan escapes what used to be its lips. Blood dripping gloves, 30% off. Heavy clomping shoes, 40% off. Be heard and not seen. Up to 90% off discontinued items, like the full battle dress uniform of Wilhelm Kaiser. Surpriser with Kaiser. So come down to Men's Scarehouse this weekend. We'll have games for all the unbaptized kids. All at Men's Scarehouse's annual Back to Ghoul sale. You're gonna like the way you spook. I guarantee it. <laughs> what, what makes you finish everything he says with the, the sound? Oh, yeah. <laughs> and he's dead. Oh. It's those free cockroaches in the bowl they I, have. I, I have no reason to think this, but for some reason, I imagine that he's just an upper torso sat in a chair. <laughs> It's still fat. Yeah. <laughs> oh, hello, everyone. Hey, everybody. My name is David Flora. Mm. And I'm David Stecco. <laughs> An unbaptized child in the afterlife. And welcome to Blurry Photos. That's right. Oh, man. Gather around, y'all. Stick some stick some marshmallows on some sticks. <laughs> stick them. Stick them on them sticks. Stick them sticks. Sharpen them first. Put the marshmallow on there, and then pile around the campfire because it's time for campfire ghost stories. Campfire ghost stories. Bum. One o'clock. Yeah, you know, uh, in Colorado Springs, there's this thing halfway up Cheyenne Mountain called the Will Rogers Shrine, <laughs> and it's huge. Wow. It's like a spire. I mean, it's just like a. It, it's like Orthanc. It's just a big tower, sitting on the side of the mountain, and it has. Uh, I, I gotta say though, I, it's been a long time since I've heard it. They it may not make the sounds anymore, but all growing up, it would do that <laughs> every hour on the hour. Ding 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 ding. Bung and you could hear it over the whole city. Wow. That's creepy. Yeah. That's pretty creepy. Yeah, that was a I'm I can't believe I said or thank. <laughs> I don't <laughs> yeah. I or thank you. I, I, You're welcome. I don't understand why they make that sound into doorbells. Right. It's too long. It's too long. Even bing Dude. bong can be cut in half. <laughs> <laughs> bing. Yeah. Oh gosh, that's annoying, but at least it wasn't longer. Right. <laughs> Ding dong! Oh, I better get the door. Dong. Yeah. I'm still gonna get the dong dong. Who is it? Ding dong! Oh, you're already in. We've had dinner. 
We've already had dinner. You've been in. We've visited for a while. We even fired up Mario, the original Mario, and played it, and now you've left. Jesus Christ. Now this, the doorbell's ending. <laughs> this week on Blurry Photos, two guys aren't old enough to be this cranky talk about how much doorbells make them angry. <laughs> <laughs> Thing. <laughs> oh what have we become yeah exactly <laughs> oh man well uh as promised uh mm-hmm. i i hope i hope you guys are okay that this uh this episode is not exactly fresh out the oven even as you're hearing this i am petting my pedaling my sweaty sweaty body across the fine state of iowa in <laughs> search of i don't know it's a spirit quest maybe i'll Bring some peyote with me. Oh, nice, nice. I gotta find some peyote. <laughs> that's a uh, that's a field trip we could take. Whoa. American Man. Southwest. Man, peyote, and then on down to Ayahuasca Town. <laughs> not you or not me. Neither of us needs or will benefit from hallucinogens. <laughs> that would break us. I don't know. I don't, you think you think it'd break? I, I th- it'd break me. I thought it was would was supposed to open your mind to. How one you are with the universe. Yeah, you know, like, um, <laughs> that's just your opinion, Sounds like you man. need it, dude. Sounds no, like no, it. I was just crafting a metaphor in my head about um, fire hydrants and how maybe you shouldn't open those up all the way. <laughs> oh, well, you, yeah. Yeah, my mind's like a fire hydrant. <laughs> Eventually a fire will break out and someone will carefully in a controlled manner, increase my perspective <laughs> just <laughs> enough to douse the, the terror flames and then use the wrench to shut it back down again. I have this weird sense uh, of um, I, drug hierarchy, maybe like I would, I would be totally opposed to doing heroin, let's say, but I would sort of be like, you know what? Peyote. Sure. I'll, I might try that at some point. I don't know where that comes from, though. You know what I mean? It's yeah. like crack. Nah, I don't think that'd be for me. Ayahuasca, however. Well, I think part of it is like uh, you don't. No one. I've never heard of an ayahuasca addict. No, oh, well, no one's hooked on acid. You know, no one's. I don't like, even think I'd try to ask, try acid. You know, I know what yeah. that MK Ultra episode. Yeah, wrote. true. No, I. I'll tell you what. Uh, I tried weed. Pass. It just, it did not, it would, none of the effects yeah. were what I consider to be personally pleasant. And all apologies to the YouTube commenter who thinks we just sit around uh, smoking weed, weed and giggling. Right. No, I'm, uh, I'm afraid we're high on our own supply, Broseph. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sorry. It's a whammy to you. Yeah. I'm sorry that we sound high because <laughs> this is literally the best we can do. Right. Yep. <laughs> this is us tap dancing on a griddle. Lo siento, amigo. <laughs> oh, man. Well, that was some fun, fun all right. discussion. Um, ready to we'll save it we'll save it for uh, a different episode an episode of a different ilk Mm. that that that's uh cooking up oh yeah cooking it cooking it hard now but like like a meth lab to the subject at hand yes since it's the middle of summer i'm listening you're getting out there you're 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 transporting your sweaty body across iowa i'm biking every day and camping every night so i mean i'm I'm going to use some of what we learned tonight. I'm going to yes. be sitting around campfires with strangers. Yep. I'm going to scare the shit out of them. That's right. And I'm going to be sitting at home with my sweaty body and not editing because this will be editing 
taken care of. But yeah. I'll probably be playing Mountain Blade Warband or something. It'll be pre-edited. Or it, it will be well, or or predated. predated. Mm. <laughs> wait, wait, wait! I've got a really good predator sound. You ready for it? Okay. <clears throat> oh, that's so much better than mine. What are these three red dots doing on my chest? Oh my god! Anytime. <laughs> yeah, it's weird though that I can't just go straight to like the really good clicking sound. I have to like ease into it. Nope, that no. time I didn't even make it there. Whatever. Well, that's why being a predator is so hard. If it was easy, everyone would be in the trees and invisible. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, turn it into infravision. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. Infravision also has some problems with a sound filter. <laughs> Tonight we're gonna tell you campfire ghost stories. Or Second just, annual. Just keep rambling about bullshit. No, second annual Campfire Ghost Stories. Yep, yep, yep. Im- impress and scare your friends. We like telling ghost stories um, at least twice a year. At least. Sometimes you get a bonus in there mm-hmm. at some point, but... Sometimes we throw a little Yule log on that fire. Mm-hmm. Halloween, no-brainer. Da-doy. But camping, when else? Oh, I mean, man. come on, you sit yeah. around and you, you, you put hot dogs and marshmallows on that fire. Yeah. And then you scare the pants off each other. Mm-hmm. And then you get in the tents. No, you don't? You know what I like? Uh, you know what my, my, my favorite uh, thing is? You know what I like about camping? What? It's f***ing intense. <laughs> See, it's a pun because it's like intense. Sounds like in like what is ins- the joke like, like inside of a tent? How do you? It's, what is the joke? Well, I'll, I'll I'll walk you through this. Okay, it's like being you're in a tent. So we've got a few <laughs> uh, few scary stories. Oh, so for scary. you to tell in the dark. Yeah, Dave, you've got a couple. Oh yeah, I've These, got a couple. Each each of them is an acoustic lobotomy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and this year. This campfire story, I've got an original. Ooh, lordy, lordy. Now, I, I tried that once. Didn't like how it turned out. It was for our, our very first Halloween episode. That's true. Um, it's it's in the archives. Uh, it's it's in the, the secret. The, yeah, not the archives that you can access. But Yeah, no, it's <laughs> it's, it's it's in the uh, whenever Dave Flora needs leverage uh, archive. <laughs> Man. I, I often go to that archive and jump in it and swim around Scrooge McDuck style. <laughs> Weird. You go swimming in my shame? <laughs> it's just so big. There's so much oh, in there. There's, like, and, and that's the irony. I say I have no shame, and yet you get to swim in it. <laughs> yeah. Well, so so you didn't you didn't do it this time, but I I took a swing at it because mostly because I couldn't find. Many, many good ones. Oh, I don't know. I love that. See, that's the the roll up your sleeves. None of these are pleasing. I'm going to make my own flannel shirt. I don't know why I would think mine would be any better than than any of the ones I'm reading Because online. you're f***ing good at what you do, Flora. Right, right. I never say that what I did was write scary stories, though. Um, so I've got one of my own. Got a poem for you. Mm-hmm. Uh, keeping that tradition alive. And, uh, and, and I've got a no look. I've got a no look story. That's what I bring no to the table. No look story. No look story. Uh, got got a bad one. Got a, a you know a decent one. Hopefully, we've 
accessed from our usual sources, and I've even added this year uh, Creepypasta oh, yeah. to pull from. We learned that from the Enderman. Yeah. Yep. No, Slenderman. Yeah, Whatever. Same, same f***ing thing. Okay. Don't forget. Don't forget if you ever want to write a pun in. <laughs> it is a deep water it's like, in Slenderman Town. Yep. And it's just... It's like a stock pond. You you will not go wrong. Um, so, my question to you, yeah, is who begins this cavalcade of creepy campfire cacophonous ca- 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 cacophony? I think I'm going to start it well, off. Well, if you don't want to, then I think I will. Um, but, um let's start oh, with. Oh, okay. Let's start with a, a creepy pasta <laughs> story that uh, that I found called. The Serene Cyclist. Are you f***ing with me? No, this is going to be for you <laughs> to use on your fun little ride across Iowa. 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 As the Algonquin called it <laughs> whenever they got lost heading back home from Chicago. You ready? Yeah, well, I mean, I, I hope so. Should be. All right. You better be. I used to live in Cambridge a while back, which is a small city smack in the middle of England, best known for the university that is as large as the city itself. Okay, quit bragging. <laughs> but I was there for work. Wait a minute, Flora. I don't, before we get to this, this stuff, I'm sorry I got to ask you this. If the person's from Cambridge, which is in England. All right. Okie dokie. And honestly, well, Firth Van Dyke scale, let's Firth this one. My scale, my rules. All right. Firth it. That's what I was just going to ask. Yeah. Full Firth? My scale. So what? So towards that end. Towards but not the, full Firth? I mean, I don't, yeah. The guy's from Cambridge. So I'd say, I'd say like, keep it hard in the Firth area. All right. I had a few friends around the city, and Cambridge being a very green city, it is the Cambridge way to cycle around to most places. I would mostly visit my friends in the evenings, and we would all stay up till late, not socializing or drinking, but playing games, musing philosophically, and finding other means of continuing our existence. On the nights this continued for particularly long, I would have to cycle back halfway across the city, often in cold. This was usually quite pleasant. Cambridge is quite a safe city, and I generally enjoy being out in the dark, alone, under the yellow of the nightlights. It was one of those nights, though, that I met with what felt to me like the devil himself. It was on a... <laughs> what? <laughs> I just had this image of, like, this proper, proper English chap back very straight riding his bicycle <laughs> and then john lovitz in a devil costume <laughs> hello hello <laughs> it's me john lovitz <laughs> it was on another one of those long quiet lamplit roads on a particularly chilly february evening i was halfway home and slightly wary of it being 3 a.m this was late even by my standards and this put me somewhat on edge. My senses seemed to be more alert than usual, and I was unconsciously keeping an eye on every single shadow on the street, trying to avoid as many alcohol-fueled incidents as I could. Fresh in your drink, governor! Oh, no, thank you. 
Fucking watch out here, sir. Oh, no, no, sir. Nope. Find a bed, please. Would you be a cop by chance? You're not English. <laughs> hide it, hide it, hide it. Boing, boing. <laughs> As I turned into a street that told me I was not very far from where my apartment was located, I started to feel much more peaceful. It was halfway across the street, biking at my leisure, that I noticed a man in a dark jacket cycling around 20 feet in front of me. My senses suddenly sharpened again due to the simple fact of him seeming to appear out of nowhere. Perhaps I had not been paying as much attention as I thought I was. The man was cycling quite slowly, and even while barely pedaling, I slowly started to draw near him. It also started to get quieter on the street. It took me a few moments to realize that I could not hear the man's bike or the many mechanical clicking sounds my bike often made. The quiet was eerie. That should have warned me, but not heeding what now seems like a very obvious warning, I kept cycling closer to the man. I found his speed quite peculiar, even more so his dark attire, and so as I drew nearly level, I glanced at his body. I say his body because his face was not very human. It was made of what can only be described as a shadow, and with eyes that seemed like the very depths of hell itself. One look left me lifeless, motionless, speechless, riding down the slope right next to him, too scared to move, too so not, scared not to Not entirely motionless, then. In motion, motionless. And worst of all, I was unable to take my eyes off his. This way is closed. He said in a growling voice that made my hair stand on end. This way is closed. Go back. That was all he said, but with those words, the hold that his eyes had over me was broken. I managed to find some life in my hands, and I braked as hard as I could, letting him go ahead of me. He continued to cycle ahead at his eerily slow pace, and then, as mysteriously as he appeared, he was gone. He simply disappeared unhurriedly into the shadows at the end of the street. The rest of the way back home for me was a fight against my own body. My mind would not stop reeling from the horror it had just experienced, and my heart was in my throat. Unwilling to go down, I could not think. I could not rationalize. I had no refuge. I could hear again. I could hear the wind in my ears. The clunking of my pedal as I cycled as fast as I could. And unfortunately for me, I could hear someone riding a bike a little behind me. When I finally got home, I threw my bike and rushed into my first floor flat, refusing to look at what was surely there. I could still hear footsteps following me up the stairs, but I refused to acknowledge them as I rushed into my room as fast as I could and into the refuge of my bed. I could still see the shadows under my front door, as I finally decided to go to bed. They refused to go away. Uh, here's a tip for your life. Sometimes you don't get to go to bed. And when there's when there's ethereal shadows gathered around your door... That's one of those times. That's one of the times that you're like, well, f*** it, this is happening. It's time to stay up and freak out all night. <laughs> That guy refused to take responsibility for a freakout. 
for his own. That's the most dangerous. Uh, this was um, uh, on, on Creepypasta by Salman Shahid Khan. I feel like I should say that so I'm not like ripping somebody off. So Right. So, Khan! <laughs> <laughs> wow. So, the spectral bike ride. That's it. Yeah. Uh, yep. The serene cyclist. Also, lots of humble brags on the front end of that story. Yeah, you know, you got to get C- your taste. Just, Could have just picked it up with, you I was... You got to get your taste I was, I was riding home one night. That was a good one, though. That was a... Uh, that's that's a tale of cyclist's hell. Yeah. So, uh, one thing I was wondering during that story, though, when he said this way is closed, do you think the guy like just disappeared as in he was never there or do you think he like platform nine and three quarters like if the guy had kept <laughs> riding with him they both would have gone somewhere yeah they would have ended up in like sand world with the beetlejuice and the yeah. sandworms <laughs> and the guy <laughs> the guy would have just turned and said oh your ass is mine now <laughs> yeah it's what's weird about that is that there's no well we we, we don't know our, the consequence no for for going because he did stop and and I guess go the other way, but then the, it followed him. Yeah, that's why? Right. Like, yeah, it tried to warn him off. Then it it's followed like, don't him. go this way. I'm gonna follow you. <laughs> and maybe he would have gone to Cambridge Hell, which is just like Cambridge, but all the tea is cold. <gasps> no, no! God! <laughs> I don't know. Wow. All right, I'm ready to I'm ready to throw down though. All right, yeah. all right, it's your turn. Oh, good, because I'm about to scare. Turn them. it up. I'm about to scare the. Turn ball. down for what? Oh man, I love that video. That is one of the best videos ever in the history of of music videos. The part where the woman shotgun cocks her hips and then crotch drops <laughs> that guy through a floor. Uh, oh man, it's just great. Turn down for what? Mm-hmm. Wow. I didn't think that little John could get me back on board, but he did it. Did he did you, it. Did any of you think that? <laughs> did you think you were going to hear little John when you turned this podcast on? Study questions for interested listeners. Did you think little John was going to come up? All right. This one's called Wide Eyes. Wait. Wide or white? White. Oh. White eyes. Quite white eyes. White. White. <laughs> All right, you ready for this? Oh, I can't be. No, I'm reading this. Oh, really? Yeah. I wasn't that last one. <laughs> so Memory, dude. So, just so you <laughs> Memory. Have you heard the story of the white eyes? No. It's a tale that some say is too terrible to tell. Don't tell it. <laughs> Sorry, I'll shut up. No, no, no. It's my job, dude. You're right. <laughs> But pull your seat closer to the campfire, and I will reveal the terrifying legend. There's some license here. There's an assumption of a campfire there. So. And a seat. And a seat. Not that a one, log. Yeah, one that could be pulled. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe you're camping with Chuck Norris. He could pull up a seat if it was still if it was a tree stump. Yeah, yeah. Oh, and this this story is from where all terror lives. The San Bernardino Mountains contain a lot of wilderness regions which saw substantial activity about a hundred years ago. Here, miners and loggers, and by here I mean there, miners and loggers worked to bring materials down to the Los Angeles Basin. But like most industries of that time, there was a high profit motive and workers' lives were not as important as they are now. 
Just ask the Qatari that are making the uh, soccer stadiums. One day, a mine tunnel collapsed, trapping a number of men within. But they were able to survive, after a fashion, by drinking water which seeped into the tunnels and eating rats, mushrooms, and their dead co-workers. They worked from within to dig themselves out, confident that on the other side, others were digging from the outside in. But the mining company was not known for remembering missing miners. (laughs) Just hiring miners. As miners. They were underage and they had to work in tunnels. I get your fucking homophones. (laughs) Well, it took them a while, but they finally managed to dig themselves out. Then, the formerly trapped miners found two surprises. What? First, they had lived in darkness for a long period of time. and They could no longer stand the sunlight and their eyes were pure white. No color except for their pupils, which were dilated. Second... The mining company had not bothered to even try and dig them out. It was then they made a pact, these men, to take revenge on those who had abandoned them. Police called to the mine found the owner and all the managers of the mining company dead. Soon after, the mining company went out of business. No one was willing to work in those mountains, and even groups of men at night were at risk. Rumor had it that the white eyes were out for blood. Mysterious instances of men being killed in the mountains occurred. These men were usually found mauled, bloody, and torn. Close examination showed teeth marks all over their bodies. One man was even beaten by his arm, which had been torn off at the shoulder. <laughs> Insult to injury. Yeah, yeah when, when just removing the arm is not enough. Stop hitting yourself. Stop hitting yourself. <laughs> Stop hitting yourself. This isn't funny. <laughs> And then as he bled out, they pinned him to the ground and went, and just kept dripping a loogie over his face. (laughs) Now, since this happened about a hundred years ago, and since only men were working in the mines, there should be no more white eyes around. So we're safe, aren't we? No, we're not. For you see, several years ago, a hiker was found mauled to death on the trail, and the coroner said the teeth marks he found on the body... Looked curiously human. <laughs> yeah. Time to change those pants, <laughs> motherfucker. <laughs> you bet. You, you bet. bet. <laughs> oh, Woo. he got you. He got you. <laughs> you. You got got. You done got. <laughs> Oh, man. Got in Himmel, you got. Yeah. So there you go. Them's, <laughs> them's wide eyes. Wide eyes. Les yeux blanc. <laughs> that's, that's pretty cool. The French for eyes is laser. Yeah. <laughs> well, les yeux. Well. Laser. <laughs> the French for eyes is laser. <laughs> okay, so. How about I do the old original? Oh, bring it back home. Bring the pride home. We'll see. We'll see if you can be proud of it. <laughs> <laughs> I guarantee it. Um. All right. You you ready for this? Oh. I, I. It's only a fool would say yes, but I'm as prepared as I can be. Uh, my story, which I have pinned with my own fingers. 
is called A Thousand Flies. Gross. Oh, wait, wait, wait. You know what's going to be great? My knowledge that this is your story and me dumping on it just like we do all the other stories. (laughs) No, you're going to get way more respect than we give to anyone else. Oh, maybe. All right. James lived in a modest studio not far from downtown Chicago. He made a decent living as a data entry clerk. Not his ideal job but it put food on the table and allowed him to save a little extra from time to time. He'd worked hard for four solid years, never taking what would be considered a real vacation. In fact, he would only take time off because his place of work made him due to policy. Even then, he would sit at home and check in remotely from time to time. One of his co-workers finally told him, James, you work so much, you gotta take some time off. Why don't you... Get out of the city for a bit. It can really reinvigorate a person. As James thought about it, he realized he was feeling a bit run down, and just the day before, he had snapped at a particularly rude bus driver. Whoa. Yeah. CTA, bruh. Perhaps getting away for a bit was a smart idea, he thought. So he planned a camping trip and budgeted some money from savings for the gear and such that he would need. He decided to head up to Wisconsin during the next week to enjoy some of the beautiful forests the southern part of the state had to offer. It is beautiful in Wisconsin. Next week came and James had all of his gear packed into a rental SUV and he headed out of the city towards Wisconsin and an area great for camping which a co-worker had suggested to him. It felt good to have the windows down and feel the wind and sun as he drove up the interstate. He could almost feel himself getting happier with each mile he drove. He stopped at the famous Cheese Castle on the border of Wisconsin and Illinois and looked at the selection of cheese curds for a snack. As he picked up a package of regular cheddar curds, his eyes fell on the jalapeno curds not too far away. Oh no. Normally not very adventurous, James would have been on his way, but this time he thought to himself, why not? I'm on vacation. And he switched the packages and bought the jalapeno curds feeling very pleased with himself. (laughs) While it may have seemed like a silly thing, it was a big deal for James, who was starting to come out of his shell a bit. As he drove on into the state, he found the highway his friend suggested and drove a good piece down it as the signs of civilization gradually diminished around him. After a while, he saw something ahead just off the side of the road, covered by overgrown trees but still visible if you were paying attention. It was a sign. He slowed a little, and as he passed, he barely made out the words, Brock, Camp. James slowed to a stop, put the SUV in reverse, and backed up to the sign. Through the tree limbs, he made out Brock Lake, Camping and Wildlife Area. Then he noticed a dirt road that he hadn't seen as he passed, leading off by the sign. This wasn't the site his friend had suggested. In fact, that site was almost 10 miles on up the road, And by all accounts, it was a pretty low-maintenance campsite. Some plots were even outfitted with electrical outlets, he was told. As he stared at the sign, a feeling of adventure came over him, and he threw the SUV into drive and pulled onto the old dirt road, thinking to himself, I'm on vacation. I like that he said it like a crabby old man. I'm on vacation. This is what I'm doing. What are these Pokemon? After driving the bad but navigable road, 
he came across a sparse little clearing ringed by huge trees and sitting off the road a short distance. Perfect, he thought, and he pulled the SUV over, parked, and proceeded to unload. He spent the next couple hours setting up a great little campsite, having watched many YouTube videos the day before on how to do so. By the time he was done, it was dusk, and he felt accomplished and relaxed, watching the fire he had made dance and lick the air. The summer night was full of sounds and warm, and the night slowly filled the forest. Sitting with a book by the fire, James felt content, but oddly chilly. He stood and moved a bit closer to the fire, but he felt goosebumps and even shivered. Odd, he thought, and he got a rain jacket from his bag to put on. Feeling better, he resumed reading, but stopped mid-sentence when he realized he couldn't hear anything but the sound of the fire next to him. No crickets chirped, no owls hooted. It was as if the forest had frozen. James looked around the site where the firelight reached the edge of the woods. He saw nothing but the flicker of light reflected off the trees and shadows dance here and there. As he turned his attention back to his book, the thought popped into his mind that there were two tiny yellow spots by a tree he had just been looking at, so he looked up once more to see nothing but shadows playing across tree trunks. Diving and ducking, the shadows were weirdly comforting to watch as they moved effortlessly from tree to tree, almost as if they were working in concert to liquidly slip behind each tree just at the edge of the fire's light. Frowning, James could swear he followed a shadow melt like this from where he thought he saw the yellow spots, almost a complete 180 degrees around the campsite. Feeling uncomfortable, he reached for some small logs and tossed them on the fire in the hopes the light would grow his little campfire bubble. He watched the same spot for minutes, then started feeling silly. I've never been camping, my mind is playing tricks, he thought, but still, no sound around him save the crackle of the fire. He tried reading, but couldn't focus. He scratched an itch on his shoulder and stared at his book. Then an itch on his other shoulder. Then an itch on his upper arm. And an itch by his collarbones. Alarmed, he unzipped his jacket and lifted his shirt at the place of the irritation to see. Nothing. His skin had felt like something was irritating it. Not a biting or pricking, more like a crawling sensation, but there was nothing there, and the itching had stopped. James got up, grabbed his bag, and pulled out a small knife, for comfort's sake, and climbed into his tent, closing it behind him. He sat for a long time, not thinking, just listening and trying to figure things out. He awoke to birds chirping and sounds of the forest the next day. I must have passed out, he thought, unzipping the tent. The campsite was just as he left it, except for the remains of the fire. He chuckled softly, remembering how startled he had been the night before, and how it was obviously a tired mind in an unknown environment. He spent the day hiking and enjoying being outside on a warm, sunny summer day. As the sun was going down, he was headed back to camp, and he started feeling a chill. Must be a cold wind blowing through, he thought, and continued on thinking of the nice fire he would get started back at camp. As he stepped on a twig, the sound echoed through the woods, and once again, he realized there was no other sounds. Standing still, he started feeling uneasy, 
the thoughts of the previous night rushing back to him. This time, there was no fire to cast shadows, but the waning light of day gave form to some anyway. He scanned the trees around him, seeing no movement or anything odd. He decided to keep walking, as he was only 50 yards or so from camp. Wincing at every twig snapped and every crunch underfoot, he wished he could just float along and become small to not draw attention. But attention from what? Passing a heavy bit of underbrush, he stopped again, knowing he had seen something in there. Two small yellow points, orbs, eyes... He looked at the brush, scanning all around it, but seeing nothing. Thoroughly troubled, he tried to rationalize what he knew he had just seen. An animal looking at him, maybe a a badger. It was Wisconsin, after all. But somehow that didn't seem right. All I could think of was it was Wisconsin. (laughs) (laughs) You bet. He started walking again, faster and faster, and then felt a crawling sensation on his shoulders. He brushed his shoulders, but still felt it. On his arm, he thought maybe he had hit a bee's nest as he started running through the darkening woods. But he saw nothing on his arms as they itched and crawled, like many small feet making their way down to his wrists, down his chest. He burst through to his campsite and tripped over his backpack, falling painfully beside the fire pit he'd made. Scrambling around to his bag, he fished out his flashlight, dropping it as he fumbled to turn it on. He picked it up and switched it on, aiming it at the trees where he had just emerged. The small spotlight showed nothing but dark woods as he slowly began to regain his composure. Then he noticed his body didn't feel irritated anymore, no feeling of insect legs or itching. He sat for a minute, catching his breath, staring at the trees. Then a quick, almost imperceptible flash came from just beside the spotlight. A reflective flash. A flash, he realized as he moved his light over, that came from two yellow, deadened eyes in the darkness. And then they blinked. James shot up, dropping the light, grabbing his bag and running straight to the SUV. Fumbling his keys, he jumped in, got the key in the ignition, and started the engine. Then the itching began again, crawling across his shoulders quickly, down his arms and chest. He put the SUV in reverse and looked in the rearview mirror only to see two yellow, deadened eyes staring from the back seat as his body itched and crawled with what felt like a thousand flies. Buzz, 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 Oh, I like that. That guy was not a competent camper. <laughs> I think he did all the camping right. He just had a bad luck. Mm. He picked the wrong side. Yeah, that side picked him. <laughs> Poor James. Sorry, James. It sucks. It's like uh, it's like the Atlantis Moore set, you know? He waited his whole damn life to take a vacation, and then he got spectrally murdered. <laughs> Just isn't, like the last isn't, isn't it ironic? Don't you think? <laughs> rack, rack, boom. <laughs> <laughs> yep, well that's, done. That's that. that's, well done, sir. That's that one. I applaud your literary talent. <laughs> uh, what do you Could have? have used more snarling badger sounds. I yeah. <laughs> All right, here we go. Here's my no luck. 
You ready for this? I don't know if I can be. Me neither. Anyone who says they are is a liar. A liar. Remember to start it out like a porno. Oh, yeah, that's right. I forgot the porno rule. This works out great. (laughs) There was an old farmer in Arizona who owned the best farm in the area. Ooh. Everybody said his crops were the best, and people came from all over to buy their goods from they him. They came from all around. Mm-hmm. Whenever people asked him how he was able to grow such good quality crops, the old farmer would say, Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> Twist ending, terrifying story, good night. <laughs> That's the whole story. Jizz. <laughs> Honestly, just could be the end of a lot of terrifying stories. The, the old farmer would say it was all down to his scarecrow. That old scarecrow is the is the one I have to thank, said the farmer. He makes sure no crows or critters or pests come near my crops. The old farmer had built the scarecrow himself, and it was a fearsome sight. He spent months working on it to make it as scary as possible. He knew how important it was to keep pests away from his crops, so he gave it enormous straw arms that stretched about six feet and big, long legs that made it as tall as a tree. But the scariest thing about his scarecrow was its head. The farmer carved it himself out of a huge pumpkin. He spent countless days and nights perfecting his design until it was perfect. Redundantly. (laughs) The scarecrow's face and head was so grotesque and ugly that even he was sometimes scared to look at it. But it was very effective, scaring away every rodent and bird that ventured near. If it was so scary, like as he's carving it, he's like, "Uh, no, (laughs) no, can't believe I'm doing this. (laughs) I shouldn't finish. The neighboring farm was owned by two young men who were brothers named Josh and Harold. They were lazy and never did much work around the farm, which resulted in their crops being bad. (laughs) They were jealous of the old farmer's success and were plotting against him. If they could drive him out of business, they could take over his farm and make more money. You dumb f***s. You stupid bastards. So one night, the brothers decided to sneak onto the old farmer's land. They stole his prized scarecrow and brought it back to their own house, where they stuffed it into an old closet so no one would ever find it. The next day, the farmer woke up to find his hideous scarecrow missing and all of his crops being eaten by rats and crows. Nom, nom, nom. We're so unafraid. Yeah. (laughs) It's on! It's on! Guys, the scarecrow's gone. Come on. Uh, He fell to his knees and cried, knowing that his farm would soon be out of business. Meanwhile, the brothers, Josh and Harold, were watching from their own property and couldn't help laughing out loud when they saw the old man's tears of grief. Hearing the laughter, the old farmer came over and asked them if they knew what happened to his scarecrow. The brothers looked him right in the eye and said they had no idea where his precious scarecrow might be. Right in the sons of bitches. Right in the damn eye. (laughs) But you, but you know, I'll go out of business if and have to sell my farm if I can't find my scarecrow," said the farmer. Josh just laughed in his face, saying, "That's just your tough luck, isn't it?" (laughs) <laughs> Sucks to be you, giggled Harold. <laughs> the old farmer walked away slowly back to his house, his head hanging down in defeat and depression. That night, Josh and Harold had trouble sleeping. 
not because they felt any remorse, but because they couldn't get the image of the scarecrow's horrible twisted face out of their minds. They decided they would never be able to sleep as long as that ugly pumpkin head was in their house, so they got up and dragged the scarecrow out of the closet. Harold took a baseball bat and smashed the scarecrow's head to pieces until all that was left was little bits of pumpkin strewn around the floor. Delicious. <laughs> the brothers swept up the pumpkin head pieces and threw them in the trash. Then they went back to bed and were soon fast asleep, having put all thoughts of the disgusting scarecrow face out of their heads. Sometime after midnight, Josh and Harold were awoken by the sounds of scratching and clawing at their bedroom door. One of them damn Wisconsin badgers. Ah. Did you forget to put the dog out? Asked Harold sleepily. Woo, 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 woo. We don't have a dog, stammered Josh. From the same bed, they were both sleeping. <laughs> I think their last name was McPoyle. Suddenly, the bedroom door burst open and a solitary long straw arm snaked in through the opening. Then a second arm thrashed around, followed by two long stick legs. The two brothers were frozen in fear and could only look with horror as the headless scarecrow's body rose up on its long stick legs and its long arms reached out for them from the darkness. Harold felt a cold, sinewy straw close around his ankle and screamed as loud as he could. He begged his brother Josh to help him, but Josh was already running out of the bedroom. Fleeing in terror, he ran down the hallway, crashed through the front door and out into the moonlit road. He ran as fast as his legs could carry him, puffing and panting and screaming at the top of his voice. As he passed his neighbor's house, he saw the old farmer standing at his gate. In the moonlight, he could see the farmer just staring at him with a strange smile on his face. Josh kept running, his bare feet slapping against the rough gravel road. He glanced back over his shoulder and saw something that scared him to his very soul. He saw the scarecrow running along the road close behind him. It was gaining on him, coming closer and closer. And that wasn't all he saw. He noticed that the scarecrow had a brand new head. And it looked a lot like Harold. Was it Harold? Thankfully, no. <laughs> the scarecrow had been very busy up until midnight making a, hair, a, a fake head out of macrame and uh, plaster Paris. <laughs> Harold the Scarecrow. Yeah, so that's the that's why that's why you don't f with American farmers. Yep. Yep. You hear that mon Santo? Mm-hmm. <laughs> you and your brother Jeff is fed. Jeff and Harold Monsanto. <laughs> oh goodness. That was pretty good for a no look though. I mean yeah, like yeah. the image of like running and then you just see this thing loping up behind you. Yep. With his brother's head on there. I don't want to do it. No. You know what the worst part of that that whole story is? (laughs) Blurry Photos, now with more unwanted snarling. Yep. Shock value episode. (laughs) All right. I am going to round us out here. Oh, round us. Round us. With a poem. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> sometimes i do it i've run out of breath i know i know completely run out because you need a lot of breath for that yeah you do <laughs> for you, all you guys practicing at home get get your breath ready this this poem is called the scary man Oh. 
Yeah, the scary man. Hello. Hello, scary man. Some call me scary. In the desolate depth of a perilous place, the scary man lurks with a snarl on his face. Never dare, never dare to approach his dark lair, for he's waiting, just waiting to get you. He skulks in the shadows, relentless and wild, in his search for a tender and edible child. With his razor-sharp claws and his slavering jaws, and he's waiting, just waiting to get you. Many have entered his dreary domain, but not even one has been heard from again. They made a fine feast for this butchering beast, and he's waiting, just waiting to get you. In that sulfurous, sunless, and sinister place, he'll crumple your bones in his scary embrace. Never, never go near if you hold your life dear. Now you know what he'll do when he gets you. I like that. That's a poem for you. Yeah. And um, uh, an- another thing for <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> we're really just good. we're big old dicks this yeah, episode sorry <laughs> <laughs> yeah oh, yes, yes 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 Woo. okay uh really, scary man very scary i like that so uh so take those take them out into the great outdoors uh-huh uh memorize them by heart and then um regale your friends from wide eyes to a thousand flies <laughs> From scary man to Harold. <laughs> Scare scarecrows to Scarymans. Scarymans. Scarecrows. Yeah. Woo. There you go. Pretty pretty good uh, selection of Try outdoor to sleep tonight. Double dog dare you. Triple double dog. Only Six dogs to dare. <laughs> That's a lot of dogs to dare. <laughs> but what one thing we do dare. What do you dare? We do dare to pun. <gasps> yeah. We're we're about to enter the true horror. Oh my gosh! Oh, I love the evening. My first pun. <laughs> yeah, everyone smelled that one coming. Not everyone. <laughs> Do you hear the? Um, there's a ghost story about a guy uh, from the Midwest. Maybe, Who? Maybe even Chicago. Which one? Uh, his, his name was John. Oh, John. Okay. Yeah. And um, he he went camping in, in Iowa, and um, he thought that it was an abandoned. He thought it was far from civilization, but it turns out he was wrong. When he, the first night he was there, he would he would get these these kind of pangs, these feelings in his gut, and then you know he would just kind of calm down, drink some water, and they'd go away. The next morning, he went out for a a hike, and this this feeling came back, and he came back, and he realized that he wasn't alone in the woods. Well, no, because there were some kindly people from Iowa there, and he, when he got back to the campsite, there was a thousand pies to eat. <laughs> 1,000 pies. And then he was all eating them rudely <laughs> in the manner of a Chicagoan. I thought you were going to, I thought you were going to say since he was in Iowa, there was a thousand Hawkeyes. Oh, maybe. Hmm. You don't know. Okay. Oh, scary. This, this is getting scarier by the minute. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, I heard this, uh, I heard, I heard tale of... <laughs> A group of miners uh-huh. out in California who, uh, after a hard day's work, they like to come home, mm-hmm. and uh, and then they 
they'd switch on the old Netflix. Who wouldn't? And they'd just binge yeah. on Breaking Bad. Nice. Yep. But the thing is, they stayed watching that show for so long, people people couldn't find them for a while. Oh, geez. And then they found them. They found them in their homes, and they looked at them, and they realized they had Walter White eyes. Yeah, I smelled that one. I smelled that one coming down the pike. <laughs> I think we've all been there with uh, Breaking Bad at one point or another. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Did you ever hear the uh, a story? Um, of an agricultural bend. Okay. Seems a farmer needed to make a a, a device to to keep everything, keep the, the critters and crows and and everything away. And he thought, well, the the best way to to keep these wild animals away is to to put something in his in his field. Like what? Well. Something so terrifying, I mean, like something that only an animal could could truly fear, like like a beast, maybe even the beast, which is why he um, made a scarecrowly. <laughs> well done. Yeah. Well done. Scarecrowly. Did you notice that we did those puns like NPR style? And I, um, uh, a farmer who was uh, big in... The agriculture business uh, for the uh, county that he lived in. He was, he was working in sorghum, which is also has a, a lot of applications in the plastics industry. We'll talk also, about that uh, next week. Able to make uh, adhesive from there. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> oh. All right. I'll uh, round us out here. Take us home, Flora. There was a, there was a young British gentleman uh, who liked going out for rides uh, late at night uh-huh. after he'd been hanging out with his friends. <laughs> but he was kind of a dick because he would be, he would be uh, uh, on his bike uh-huh. going, going down the street and he would make uh, the, the signal that he was going to turn right. Uh-huh. And then he would suddenly turn left and just oh. laugh and laugh. What a horrible person. Oh, man. He was the serene cyclist. Uh, <laughs> oh, yoink, man! Uh, yeah, the true, the true terror is puns. <laughs> Just sit down at the campfire and say, "Well, I've got a whole bunch of puns," and everyone yeah. will go, and then uh, see if there's anybody. I've got, left. A, I've got to sleep tonight, man. And then Just eat all their food. <laughs> <laughs> okay, that was a, that was a, a weird noise you made. <laughs> Oh man! Great. So uh, you survived, as uh, previously promised. Yep. No. Nope. Nope. The the mailbag shall remain shut this week. That's right. Sorry. Yeah. We've got them. We've got them. Mm-hmm. Please but. don't stop writing them because we will get to them all. Because <laughs> we right. loves them. Uh, things to keep in mind. Uh, we love puns. We do. We love mundane superpowers. That's true. And then you know we just love whatever the hell else you feel like you know, And we about. love you. We love it when Flora goes to the penalty box. <laughs> not true. But in the meantime, with us not giving you listener mail, take the time to go and rate us on iTunes. Yes, give us stars. five stars. Five of them. Go and like us on Facebook if you haven't already. Really? Yep. Really? It doesn't take that long. Well, you got a Facebook yeah, you account. Yeah, click it. Just search yeah, for yeah, Blurry Photos it. Podcast. Yeah, click Just it. F- click, click it. Click it. Yeah, click it. 
uh, YouTube, we're on there. Blurry Photos yeah. Podcast as well. I'll be getting more stuff on there. StubblePons there. Uh, blurry underscore photos, our Twitter handle. Yes. Help us get to 100 uh, followers on that. Oh, yeah. Man. We've, we've got almost three times as many likes as followers. I mean, it's hard to, to create a digital empire. You know what's silly? I just I have friends who perform in the city mm-hmm. that are just themselves on Twitter. It's just like, you know, at yeah. John underscore Smith. And... They have like 900 followers. Oh, I know. And then here we are, you know, doing a service to the world. There we were. <laughs> there we sitting were. Sitting there. Morning on our own. Join a spa tea. And we've got 94 f- followers. 94. Well, well I mean, I, I'll tell you what. I, there's How a does part that of me, work? There's a part of me that gets upset by that, but then there's a part of me that goes, oh, yeah, I don't give a f- about Twitter. I don't either. So there you I go. I don't either. I just, it's, it's preposterous and weird. And that's why I don't do much with it. It's ridiculous, and it's after it's died. It's preposthumous. Yes. <laughs> I did that. Blurry photos. Preposthumous. Yep. All right. Well, shite. That's that. Yeah. Uh, we got a donate button. We really love it when you use that, and we're going to use it Kick for, it. Punch for some it. good. Headbutt it with your wallet. Bop it. Twirl, twist it. Twist it. Bop it again. Now hold it. Now tell it you love it. <laughs> Now never let it go. <laughs> uh, now watch it drown. <laughs> Bop it gets real. <laughs> uh, for this episode, though, of Blurry Photos, I have been David Scaryman Flora. And I have been David <laughs> Stacko. Seriously, bye. (laughs) (laughs) Always, always get you. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, that was a really good one. It's because you you bring the volume to it. That's that's it. That's all it is. Sorry to your ears. That's awesome. Formed free floating vaporous apparition should inspire terror on sight before a single mournful moan escapes what used to be its lips. What used to be its lips. <laughs> lips. You really got deep on that. <laughs> Tried to trail it a little. What used to be its lips. What? <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> Free cockroaches with every purchase.